0: what's up dub nation the golden state warriors are currently up two games to zero against the dallas mavericks after taking care of business at chase center looking to really put the mavs on their heels and really kind of put away this series in dallas tonight for a big game three we're going to be talking about the first two games what went right what went wrong who's hot who's not and a whole bunch of other stuff but first of all the Warriors have just been outstanding at Chase Center throughout these playoffs, currently undefeated, yet to lose a game at home in this playoff run, very reminiscent of the Dynastic Warriors um, from before. And so you got to give credit to this organization, to this guys dealing with adversity, um, guys in and out of the lineup. You're still missing Andre Iguodala, Uh, You're still missing Gary Payton II, even though he's set to return soon. You've got no James Wiseman. You know, Klay Thompson's kind of been trading or alternating between good and bad games. Jordan Poole trying to reestablish his mojo after a really tough Memphis series. But first and foremost, I think the Warriors are just so happy to not be playing the Memphis Grizzlies anymore. You can just see against this Dallas Mavericks team, Uh, despite how good they were in the regular season defensively they have yet to really make an imprint or um, kind of impose their will against this Golden State Warriors offense that's just high flying so many options so many guys you've got Curry leading the way followed by a close pool and Wiggins and so just to uh, before we get into some stats real quick I just want to give um, a quick little series breakdown thus far, uh, and then we'll get into some specifics here and some, some noteworthy stats and takeaways from these two games. So, game one, you've got Mavs 87, Warriors 112. This was really just a statement game for the Warriors to opening up the season. The Mavs became a volume three-point shooting team, but just could not put the ball in the hole. Luka Doncic struggled mightily with seven turnovers. And you just had the um, high-powered offense that just could not be stopped from Curry, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, uh, even Looney getting in there, Otto Porter making an impact. Draymond Green would end up fouling out of this game in the fourth quarter. Did not matter. Kavon Looney stepped in and has really been a key part of this Warriors postseason run going back to his incredible game six performance and that closeout win over the Memphis Grizzlies. We're going to be talking more about Kavon Looney later. Game two, uh, Mavs 117 Warriors 126. This was a much closer game than you would have liked to have seen. Dallas led by 19 at one point. Luka Doncic had 18 after the first quarter. Mavs hit 15 threes in the first half. Um, With a significant lead, though, going into the third quarter or significant deficit for the Warriors, they outscored the Mavs 25 to 15, cutting the deficit to two, heading into the fourth. And then the Warriors did what they've done best all postseason, which is close out teams, execute down the stretch, make winning plays, limit turnovers, really step up the defense. And the Dallas Mavericks had no answer. So, um... Just some quick little stats here through the first two games. You've got Steph Curry leading the Warriors with 26.5 points per game. Nine out of 18.5 field goal made. Four and a half out of nine and a half from three. Ten rebounds for Curry. Just insane. You know, out of position rebounding for Curry. Really love to see that. Struggling from the free throw line, but obviously for... One of the game's best free throw shooters and shooters of all time. Not super worried about that, but still shooting four out of five and a half free throws um, per game in these first two games. Jordan Poole, 21 points, second leading score, seven seven and a half out of 11 field goals made, but only one and a half out of four three-point field goals made. 100% from the line, four and a half out of four and a half. Andrew Wiggins leading the team with 36.6 minutes per game, 17.5 points, 6.5 out of 15.5 field goal attempts, kind of a volume shooter, Um, five boards, four assists. Kavon Looney, like we just said, Mr. Reliable Kavon Looney, Iron Man Looney, played in all 82 games, in the regular season looney 15 and a half points nine seven and a half out of nine and a half field goals made eight and a half boards three assists playing 30 minutes per game through these first two games and then finally clay thompson 15 points six and a half at 11 and a half field goals one out of four from three four and a half boards four and a half assists with uh 35.9 minutes per game so real quick some takeaways as we just said Andrew Wiggins leading the team 36.6 minutes. Klay Thompson's right behind him with 35.9. Steph Curry's only at 33.9, but I think a big part of that is Steph did not need to play down the stretch in game one, helped limit his minutes. Jordan Poole continues to just get back to his incredible ways attacking the rim and just getting whatever he wants at the rim as You can see with his high efficiency, shooting 68% from the field, even though he's only um, shooting 37.5% from three. And then Kavan Looney. I mean, what more needs to be said? Shooting nearly 80% from the field, just doing a little bit of everything, holding his ground on switches against Luka and Brunson. Um, In game one, the Mavs decided to isolate and attack Kavon Looney off pick and rolls. It did not go Well, at all. I honestly think in watching the games that Kavan Looney, not necessarily as a primary defender, but very reminiscent to the days of um, all the back and forth playoff series between the Houston Rockets, where Looney just holds his own against these um, combo guards like Harden or Luka, who aren't necessarily the most explosive or have such a big, quick first step. Um, And just Looney's ability to move laterally and to get to the right spot, to not reach in, um, he just has great defensive instincts and he's just been coached for so long and just developed so good habits, Um, such good habits that he's just able to body them up, use his size and his length to stay in front, contest the shot and not give up uncontested layups all without fouling. So I really think that, Kavon Looney, you know, I've been touting him all season long. One of the most underrated players on the Warriors. You had uh Draymond Green get into foul trouble in both games one and two. You know, as I mentioned, or did not mention, I left out Draymond Green's stats from these first two games. Green obviously has um almost always has more impact than what the box score shows, but Green has struggled in this series um with fouls with turnovers he has been aggressive trying to attack the rim he has done a great job uh rebounding trying to find the open man uh helping to run the offense and you know he is the heart and soul of this team he is he is kind of the offensive hub but um you know i don't think that the mavericks really have options in the front court that really require draymond like compared to um the first two series against the the Denver Nuggets or the uh Memphis Grizzlies there's no Nikola Jokic there's no Jaron Jackson Jr. or Steven Adams the Mavs play small they don't have a lot of size they basically have uh two bigs they have Dwight Powell and they have Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell only plays like 12 to 15 minutes a game uh and it's really Kleba that they want out there for shot blocking and three-point shooting um Dwight Powell is not really a shot blocker. He is more of a, uh above-the-rim dunker kind of guy, offensive rebounder kind of guy who hasn't really had much of an impact yet in this series. So I think that has really played into the hands of the Warriors not being able—the uh, Dallas Mavericks not being able to punish the Warriors inside in the paint, and the Warriors have just feasted. Uh, when you look at team stats through these first two games— the Warriors have out-rebounded the Mavericks in total rebounds 94 to 65. That's 29 more rebounds the Warriors have pulled down in two games. Um, Assists, almost the same. 57 to 36 in assists. That's 19 more assists. So you're just seeing... um, two very different clashing styles of basketball being played here obviously when you've got a perennial superstar like Luka Doncic you put the ball in his hands you let him go to work Jalen Brunson operates very much in the same way you put the ball in his hands he's so crafty and shifty he gets into the paint he's got all these leaners floaters footwork jab step turnaround etc and so you know Dallas plays at a very slow pace. They draw out the shot clock they try and get the shots they want, but it's not through um a ton of passing or a ton of ball movement. It is much more isolation based and isolation heavy and you can just see those styles really clashing. The Warriors, who have been you know one of the best defensive rebounding teams in the league in the regular season. Who out rebounded the Memphis Grizzlies despite having a smaller front court throughout most of the series, continue to do so against the Mavericks. Um, It's just really incredible. You've got Looney, Draymond, Wiggins, Curry, Otto Porter Jr. when he's out there, just so many guys who have the right mentality of securing offensive and even de- and most especially defensive rebounds. Limiting the other team to second or third shot attempts has been really important, especially when you play against a team like the Dallas Mavericks that love to shoot threes. Uh, great segue into the next team stat. The Mavericks have attempted 93 three-pointers through two games compared to the Warriors' 57, and they've made 32 of them. 32 out of 93. And the Warriors are 24 for 57. Let that sink in a moment. The Mavericks are attempting nearly 53 pointers per game through the first two games of the playoffs. That is insane. Um, Not hitting them at a very high clip. You know, again, 32 at a 93. So, wow. Um, And when you look at total field goals attempted Both teams have attempted exactly 164 field goals, but the Warriors have made 92 of theirs and the Mavericks have only made 68. So no surprise that the Warriors lead this series 2 zero. Again, to recap, the Warriors have out-rebounded the Mavericks by 29 rebounds, 19 assists, uh, 24 more made field goals on nearly 40 less attempts from three, and yet only have hit 8 less 3s than the Mavericks. Free throws are about even, 30 to 30 out of 41 versus 36 out of 50 leaning the Mavericks. Field goal percentage obviously 56.1 for the Warriors, 41.5 for the Mavericks. And the most important stat really for the Warriors, turnovers 28 to the Mavericks 25. So So I'm just blown away that those those numbers are just absolutely staggering. Um, and this isn't even the best the Warriors can play. Again, you're looking at Clay Thompson only scoring 15 points, one of four from three. Um, Draymond Green hasn't even really made the type of impact that you'd expect from him. He hasn't really had one of those statement triple-double type games with like three or four steals or blocks um, Steph Curry's only shooting 72% from the free throw line. You just see how incredibly deep this Warriors team is. How many options they have? Steve Kerr, um, Bob Myers—they've really assembled an incredibly deep and resilient Warriors team. You've got, uh, you know, issues with Draymond. You bring in Kevon Looney. You bring in Otto Porter Jr. And the Warriors don't lose a step. Steph Curry's off the floor. You've got Jordan Poole leading the second unit who's just shown so much growth in year three, being able to get to the rim, get to the foul line, not be reliant on his outside shot or his three point shooter, his three point stroke. Um, Just so many ways for this team to score, and so much has to go right for Dallas to really be able to make this a competitive series. Now, again, like we said earlier in the show, the Mavs did expose the Warriors defensively and got out to that big first quarter and first half lead that the Warriors had to cut into. So be really interesting to see going into this game three at Dallas, which version of the Mavericks are going to show up. Is it going to be the same team that continues to put up, you know, nearly 40 to 45 three-point attempts per game, um, is it going to be the team that continues to decide to to run pick and roll to isolate Looney and one-on-ones? Is it going to be the team that gets Luka and Brunson just taking one-on-ones, getting into the rim, into the paint, and attacking um, and causing havoc for the Warriors with dribble penetration? I don't know. Um, you have to think that, you know, Jason Kidd... The Dallas coaching staff, they're looking at the film, they're taking a look at numbers, and they're probably going to make the correct adjustments coming into game three. So I do expect this game three to be the most competitive game of the series thus far, but should the Warriors be able to continue their dominance and brilliance, I really don't think that the Mavericks really have an answer. Now, again, we gotta throw out a caveat there. The Dallas Mavericks have done this this very setup in their last series, the Western Conference semifinals against the Phoenix Suns. They went down 2-0 and they came back and won. So I'm not for a moment going to pretend that this series is going to be a cakewalk. I think that games three and four are going to be key to determining the outcome of this series. So everything can change game to game. You're going into a hostile environment. Um, I think they list, you know, Steve Kerr's listed Andrew Wiggins as questionable, but he's expected to play. Otto Porter Jr.'s a little beat up. Still no Iguodala. Still no Gary Payton II. Wiseman's obviously out for the season. So, you know, Warriors missing some pieces. But again, we just talked about how deep they are, how good Looney's been, how good Poole's been, how good Wiggins has been. Um, So I'm not really worried from a, a player availability standpoint, but... This is gonna be a really big game three tonight. Um, I mean, just getting back to some stats that I wanted to to uh to go through a little bit here. Um, minutes played leaders uh on both sides, because I think this is an interesting stat. Wiggins leads the Warriors at 73, Clay's right behind him at 72, Curry at 68, Looney at 61. Draymond Green, 57. Otto Porter, 47. Jordan Poole, 55. On the Mavericks side, you've got Bullock at 80. Finney Smith at 76. Luca at 73. Brunson, 68. Kleber at 52. And Dimdwitty at 46. So immediately what jumps out at me, Andrew Wiggins leading the Warriors in minutes. Clay Thompson right behind him. Kevon Looney, the fourth highest in minutes played so far through these two games. That's insane. This is a guy who's gone through so much ups and downs, so many injuries, and just continues to hum along. And even more so, he's now playing at the highest level of his career at, you know, one of the most important times for the Warriors. So uh, where would the Warriors be without Kavon Looney? This is something that I've been saying all season long. Looney is so important. He's so foundational to everything that the Warriors do. And his his game is really built for the playoffs. It's it's really special to see all of his skills and the opportunity culminate for Looney because it's just absolutely incredible. On the Maverick side, um, you know, Luka third most minutes at 73. I think a little bit if that is due to the blowout nature of game one. Again, Curry at 68 for the same reason. Brunson at 68 also... So I don't think there's too much to read into the minutes on the Mavericks side. From a usage perspective, Luca's at 37.5% leading both teams, Curry at 32%, Brunson at 28%, Jordan Poole at 25%, Wiggins at 23.5%. And finally, Clay Thompson at 17%. So a little interesting, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins nearly six and seven percent respectively higher usage than clay thompson we did kind of mention clay thompson's been struggling a little bit shooting 56 and a half percent from the field but having issues with turnovers he's playing a lot of minutes um just kind of getting away from that elite two-way player that we all know and love so i do expect clay uh or i at least i hope clay kind of has that bounce back game but since that incredible game six clay against the memphis grizzlies the first two games against Dallas have been a little underwhelming for clay thompson but he's still out there playing high minutes defending at a high level spacing the floor knocking down the open shot when he can um i just like to see him get away from some of those turnovers then again you know four and a half assists per game for clay thompson is pretty good in his own right so um Keys through these first two games. Most importantly, the Dallas Mavericks have no answer for Kevon Looney, who had the game of his life in game two. 21 points and 10 rebounds, 10 of 14 from the field. Maxi Kleba's the only person who can possibly stop Kevon Looney. And Looney knows it. And so what you're seeing is the Warriors run all of this action. And as soon as Kleba's out of position, you find Looney... You get Looney the ball, you find him under the rim, and there's no answer. Um, just absolutely incredible performance from Kavon Looney. Uh, we just hit on this. Clay Thompson's struggling in low usage, but lots of playing time. He's out there playing good defense. He's chasing around Reggie Bullock, uh, Finney Smith, you know, Luka Doncic at times. Jordan Poole is getting back to his efficient ways, scoring at will at the rim. Just some explosive... Drives and incredible finishes. Again, Kleba being the only shot blocker. Jordan Poole's got, you know, he's got he's seeing red. <laughs> when Kleba's not out there or out of position, Poole knows he can just do whatever he wants at the rim. Andrew Wiggins leading the team in minutes, primary defender on Luca, and second in the team on field goal attempts per game. The Warriors are trying to make Luka work. They want to go at him, tire him out, similar to the Denver series. And so Andrew Wiggins just continues to step up, continue to prove and show that all-star starter Wiggins version of his game, doing a little bit of everything, shooting efficiently from three-point range, 46.2% from three, hitting three per game, five boards, four assists, doing a little bit of everything. Um, kind of a volume shooter at nearly 42% on six and a half out of 15.5 attempts, which we had mentioned earlier, but I think a lot of that has to do with the Warriors trying to go at Luka, and um, I, I can't be upset with uh, with those attempts and the efficiency from three with everything that he's been doing. So really happy to see Wiggins continue to prove to be a foundational piece of this Warriors core um, where would we be without Andrew Wiggins? Draymond Green continues to struggle. Fouls out in game one, get five fouls in game two, but Kavon Looney's been so good, it doesn't really matter. Also, the Mavs playing small ball really plays right into the hands of the Golden State Warriors. There isn't really anyone on the Mavericks that's really punishing us for going small. And so with Kavon Looney playing so well and being so aggressive offensively and not really lacking for opportunities or for, for floor spacing because um, Looney doesn't really shoot the three like Draymond will at times, it hasn't hurt us. And so strength in numbers, next guy steps up and just how deep this team is is really all on display here. You know, you would typically expect with these kinds of stats and, and struggles from Draymond Green that the team would follow suit, but it just hasn't been the case yet. So um, expecting a bounce back game from Draymond Green as well as the Warriors head to hostile territory um, in Dallas. Uh, Next point I wanted to make, a hit on this a little bit earlier, the Mavs really exposed the Warriors in game two in the first half by attacking the rim in one-on-one situations, avoiding the pick and rolls, avoiding Kavon Looney. Why did they go away from that in the second half? I don't know. Uh, You have to think that the team is talking about it, both the Warriors and the Mavericks. Um, One of the most exciting and interesting parts of the playoffs is the chess match, all of the strategy, the adjustments that happens on both sides, whether that is lineup changes, whether that is style of play, whether that is sets that are being run. And it only gets more um, strategic as the series goes on, as you have more film that you've reviewed, as you've become more acclimated and familiar with the other team, and so you know, this is the Western Conference Finals, this is sink or swim, this is, you know, money on the line, so it brings out the best and most intensity from everyone, so I do expect to see more of what worked from Dallas in Game 2 than what didn't work in the second half of Game 2 and Game 1. Last thing I wanted to say Here, uh, key takeaways. Moses Moody played nearly nine minutes in the fourth of game two. This is huge. Um, Moody got minutes over Jonathan Kaminga, Damian Lee, who kind of struggled in the first half of game two. And so, I mean, that whole narrative that the Warriors drafted these young players who weren't going to be able to help out in the postseason, I mean, it's already been proven wrong. So... Moody hit a three. Uh, he didn't do much in the box score, but played really good defense, found himself in the right place at the right time, didn't make many mistakes. So gotta love to see that. Moses Moody matches up well here. Be interesting to see how Kerr continues or doesn't continue to deploy him in certain situations. Um, if Jonathan Kaminga gets opportunity or not. Um, and then obviously Bielitsa and Juan Toscano Anderson really just not in the rotation or needed for this matchup. Uh, My prediction here going into game three, if the Warriors can take care of business and continue to play at a high level, the version of the Warriors excluding the first half of game two, I'm thinking Warriors take this in five. If Dallas somehow regroups, starts to hit more threes as they're attempting them at such a high level, gets back to what worked for them in that first half of game two, Luka continues to just be an absolute... Dynamo offensively scoring 40 points uh, on low turnovers. Brunson continues to kick in 20 to 30. Uh, Maybe the Mavs can tie it up. Maybe the Mavs can take game three or four and push this out a little bit. But um, for what I'm seeing thus far, again, with the caveats that Dallas did this very same, um, you know, did the dance, the very same dance against the Phoenix Suns, dropping the first two games and then really came out aggressively in games three and four. Um, I've got I've got Warriors in either five or six, but I, I think right now I'm leaning for Warriors in five. Before we close out here, I just wanted to remind you guys, for everyone out there playing fantasy basketball, I just wanted to let you know, if you didn't already, that there is no such thing as the off season in the fantasy world, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, we've already begun our pre-draft season. Our expert analysis are working day in and day out, pumping out important lessons learned and draft analysis on these incoming rookies so that you, the listener, can get ahead on your prep. And also, we're going to have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well, but you must be a part of our premium member team. Right now, stop what you're doing, head to sportsethos.com, click on the premium tab, and grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook one extra lunch per month because it's only $5.99. See you there. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, please give me a follow over at Twitter at S-D-O-R-L-I-K. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Dub Nation, get ready for a big Game 3 in Dallas tonight. Thanks for tuning in and stopping by, and we'll catch you.